son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Is she okay? Yeah. No, she's fine. She's good. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's happy. She's good. Well, in, in, in the uh, the Wendy Williams episode, she said, so many beeps in that one part, radio for two. Yeah, it was. We were just trying to protect people's privacy, man. It was. Brian doesn't like it when I say everybody's names. I, it's hard to do, <laughs> right? Uh, we got some other people here. Um, on the Vanilla Ice episode, uh, we got Tracy. She says, where's the picture of the bee? Because they said we had a bee in here. I don't remember that. Oh, we did. did yeah. Did we have a bee? We had a bee, but we don't have a picture of the bee. Okay. Next time, Tracy, if we have any wild animals in the studio with us, we'll take pictures. I don't want to share too much, but I did see a mouse the other day. I had a mouse issue at the house. Issue? Yeah, we got some traps. We got, I mean, okay. I don't want I, I, any of, I'm I'm middle of the road when it comes to, like, an, I like eating animals. I don't want a lot of animals that didn't get invited into my house in my house. I don't go in their house. They don't come to my house. We trapped them. We got them. Gotcha. They were eating all of our Doritos. They were eating our my Doritos. That's gross, dude. They were. Oh no! What's gross is my kid would go downstairs and get a bag of Doritos. Oh, and downstairs Doritos. No, they're like in our pantry downstairs, and he's like start eating them Doritos for lunch. And I said, "Dude, 
There's a hole in that bag. You can clearly see where a mouse went into it. He goes, well, I didn't eat the ones down by that corner, Dad. Oh, <laughs> clever. He ate mouse eat Doritos. Ah. Well, just walk on it. Just throw the whole bag away. I'll go get you more Doritos. I see. I have a Sam's Club oh. right up the lawn. No, I, uh, the, oh, we're getting Aldi. The, the door to the studio is right next to the back door, and so I leave that open so the dogs come in and out, and, uh, little tiny mouse, little mouse, come on, hey, baby. Did you call him? Uh, no, I, he was very fast, and so he actually ran the wrong way, because he ran deeper into the house, and then I was working in my wood shop, and I actually saw him, uh, kind of go across the corner, I was like, what the, you still here? And so now I have to take measures for a confrontation. More drastic. I have to do something. All right. Basically. So what are what are and finally Ben, we got a specific. We got a message sent to you from Bonnie. Bonnie. Bonnie says, Ben, watch Boston Legal. It's a great show with James Spader. Uh, he's an amazing person. I met him when I lived in Boston, in Svenuli uh, Hall. Uh, he's a genius with the photographic memory. Super super nice. Okay. So I, I do. Yeah, oh, Boston Legal. Oh, I did like Boston Legal. You're talking James Spader. No, I know. I remember that. Yeah, it was during the, the Morrison list. episode. Yep. 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 No, ba- was he in Boston Legal? That's what she's. That's, okay. that's what Bonnie's saying. Bonnie, I'll give it a shot. There you go. So if you want us to read a message uh, from you, uh, go to any of our social medias, Crime and Music or Crime and Music Twitter, Crime and Music Instagram, and uh, we'll give you a shout out here on the show. Yeah. Thank you, Bonnie. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks, and everybody. Thanks, and Michelle and, who and Tracy. Mich- Tracy. Yep. Thank you guys all for, for taking the time. Appreciate it. All right. Now it's time for Yes, Guys. <laughs> Was going to be Alan. That was his code name at Graceland. Alan's in the building, and then the King of Rock and Roll. I wouldn't. I don't think Alan would have helped me. And the King of Rock and Roll. I wouldn't. I guess the King. He's King. <laughs> so why was he named Tiger Man? Uh, that was his uh, karate move. Tiger he did do some karate moves across <laughs> the stage. <laughs> karate. No, he was actually taught karate in the army. We'll get there. Trust right. me. Elvis. There's a lot to cover in Elvis, boy. Let there's me tell you. There's a big. There's a big one. That's why it's a two-parter. Our first two-parter had to be the king of rock and roll. All right. Hey, into the Elvis. mic, buddy. Into the mic. What, what are you doing? Into the mic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we almost had ah, more than go. technical difficulties. We almost had. Brian almost spilled a. <laughs> Still on the Oktoberfest, are we, Brian? I'm just sticking with it, man. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, breakfast of champions. You know, Oktoberfest. Marzen. Is a Marzen, and that's where they brew it in the spring. They serve it in the fall, and it wasn't in October. It was just more of, uh, like, early. We don't get September. invited to We don't get invited to meat party anymore? We don't have a meat party anymore. I'm going to start meat party again. I, I, I can't wait. That came up because we used to make Oktoberfest, Ben and I, because I, I told him I liked the Oktoberfest. He's like, oh, it's a Marzen. And then by the time it's ready, it was this time of year, and then we had a big party one time with all sorts of various yeah. meats. We called it meat party, and it was the best. I ended up moving over everything to Vienna when I moved. Eh, give it all up. Get the good beer. All because they messed up your hog order. Isn't that why we had meat party? 
well, we were going to have a big pig roast. A pig roast. And then, and then they didn't have – I went to go pick it up, and they didn't have it ready for me. Bunch so they gave me just other bunch of random huge – Turkeys and sausages and cuts of roasts. And they, sewed, they sewed things together. Yeah, man. Meat party was the best. Hey, you want to put that picture on our, on our on our Facebook? Oh, we should. All right. When this when this comes out, you let me know, and we'll Meat reference it, it with uh, in the comments after we put this on Facebook to release. Well, Elvis. Look, look below Facebook for the Meat Party picture. Uh, Instagrammers, link in bio. Yeah. Uh, Elvis was no stranger to meats and meat parties. That man liked his food. January 8th, 1935, born in Tupelo, Mississippi, USA, Elvis Aaron Presley. Elvis Aaron Presley. He was a twin. He, Then you don't do spoilers. Well, it's part of the – I, uh, I know right, a little fine. bit. He had uh, a twin brother. His brother's name was Jesse Garen Presley. He was born 35 minutes before Elvis, but he was still dead. Yeah, dead. Yeah, so. Uh, and both of those parents are Vernon Elvis Presley, his dad, and Gladys Love Smith Presley, his mom, I'm getting my cards all out of whack here. Uh, he was close to both of his parents, especially with his mom. That's mm-hmm. why they called him Mommy's Boy. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So his mom was of Jewish-Scottish ancestry, and his dad was German or Scottish. What's that mean? Well, he was one or the other, but not both. <laughs> Me too, then. <laughs> Elvis's great-great-great-grandmother, uh, Morning Dove White, was a Cherokee Indian. Really? Yeah, the name wouldn't tip you off. They had to tell you she was Cherokee Indian. What's your name? Morning Dove White. Oh, okay. Um, I went out. Can I, I don't know if I can say this guy's name. I won't say his. I won't say his first name. It's not live. No, so, when oh we God. were out, we were out west doing some huntings, um, on an Indian reservation out there where they they have you go hunting out there. And the one dude we met, we met him at the store. And then we found he was a he was a very devout Catholic. And then we got to know a little bit more about him. His last name was Brown Otter. And then you look through brown like brown otter, brown otter. Yeah, okay. it's like a little brown furry sea creature. I'm a baby otter. Um, but a lot of the a lot of the uh, Native Americans still to this day will have their names like that, whether it's flying That's eagle. Or, I think it's kind of cool. Or Honestly. running water or whatever. I mean, it's yeah, I think it's very cool. That was the descriptor of what your family. I mean, you know, it's like Smith is the same thing. That's someone who used to work metal or wood or craft of some kind of a smith. Yeah, but they used to say things instead of um, buffalo, buffalo head. They say Tonka, you know, whatever. I, I, I want to hear their native tongue back in the day. Oh yeah, I see. What you're you saying. know, yeah. All right. All right. Continue, Elvis. Well, uh, uh, that was kind of weird and odd. Otter. Otter. Yes. So from Otter, Vernon's dad did odd jobs. He was an otter. So the family uh, relied on help from neighbors and government assistance. Tupelo. 1938, Tupelo, the Presleys lose their home because Vernon was found guilty of check fraud. Well, it was the kind of the Great Depression-ish time, wasn't it? Coming around, yeah. And, yeah, Dust Bowl and all that. But Vernon was out there altering checks. So he had a check from his landlord, who was also his sometimes boss, like he'd employ him to do odd jobs. Yeah. Gave Vernon a check. Vernon subscribes a couple zeros. That's the way it's supposed to be. And uh, he gets eight months in jail. Dude, as a kid... My mom would write checks often. Okay. I mean, where's they did. People where's did. this going? And I always thought that was a way I could easily scam the system. Just a couple as, more zeros. As a kid, I'm like, you know, just write for more money than you got. The guy, the guy across the counter wrote a check. We'll just buy a nice pair of shoes, Mom. <laughs> well, uh, you're right. Uh, that's that not good. Don't, <laughs> don't not, do don't, that. Don't, not supposed to do that. Elvis was with his mom, and uh, now they have to stay with relatives because his dad did that. So Vern can't He got do that. six months in prison for writing bad checks. Yes. Apparently, he didn't Eight write, lawyer, he got write lawyers either. He did not. Well, he was poor. He couldn't afford them. Poor. September uh, 1941, Elvis attends East Tupelo Consolidated. His teachers describe him as average. Uh, Elvis was encouraged to enter a singing contest by his teacher, though. Like, uh, you should try it, though. I mean, you're okay, but you should Teachers encourage us to do a bunch of shit we're bad at. That's true. October 3rd, 1945, at the Mississippi-Alabama Fair and Dairy Show, Elvis Presley has his first ever public performance. He sings a called uh, song called Old Shep by Red Foley and Arthur Williams. It's about a dog uh, who was poisoned by a neighbor, and uh, Elvis takes fifth place. That's sad. <laughs> yes, it is. 
I think we had a dog poisoned by a neighbor one time. Seriously? Yeah. That's some bullshit, yeah. man. The dog just was oh. was in per- perfect health. Then all of a sudden, within like two days, boom, d- gone. That just went <laughs> dead. That's an asshole move, dude. Dog's name was Spike. Oh, that's cool. His dog's name. It was a black dog. It's like Snoopy's cousin, Spike. January 8th, 1946, for his birthday, Elvis gets a dog named Spike. No, he wanted something <laughs> He wanted something cool, though, like a dog or a bike or a rifle. He got his first guitar. Oh, well, uh, that, it seemed to work out just fine. Okay, if he right. would have got a bicycle, he might have been a motocross guy like Vanilla Ice. <laughs> that could have turned out that way. Yeah. Uh, he gets his first guitar then, and he gets guitar lessons free from his uncle's. This is how you play it. You remember when Forrest Gump, that was like, you know, for the movie. He, in, in the movie, Forrest Gump was one of the ones that, like, inspired Elvis to be Elvis with his moves. I don't know that that actually. <laughs> no, I don't think Forrest Gump was a true character, but. All right. All right. Uh, sixth grade, 1946. Elvis goes to Milam. Uh, he's regarded as a loner. Seventh grade starts bringing his guitar to school, mm. so he's one of those douchey guys who played at lunchtime. <laughs> so much, so much hate in your voice. <laughs> just I so much hate. Gave my love. Drummers, drummers just can't bring. That's why they start playing the bongos. <laughs> start, start holding. Oh wait, do you got bongos, Brian? I, I do. Sorry, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a cowbell around here somewhere. Throwback to old shows. I will go get that cowbell. Uh, the kids were on to him, though. They teased him and made fun of him. They called him that trashy kid. He played hillbilly music. Yeah. Like well, nerd. Yeah, they all wanted to do it, too, because he was probably scorned. No, no. Again, he was not popular. How old? Uh, well, he was in eighth grade. Seventh oh, grade. Seventh grade. Okay. So he was like right. 12, 13. Uh, Elvis loved Mississippi Slim. And this guy, Mississippi Slim, had a radio show on Tupelo Radio, W-E-L-O. Okay. Uh, Mississippi Slim was a hillbilly singer and radio host. And um, hillbilly, in this case, refers to old country music. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not, not Appalachia Hill folk. Talking about old country music. We like to keep all of our hillbillies in separate categories here. Well, I got into a whole, there's a whole rabbit hole about hillbillies and rednecks <laughs> and stuff like that. I'm like, I, I don't know how much I need to explain. We have a lot of overseas listeners. And so hillbilly is people who were raised in the Appalachia Hill. My, my family history, my grandparents were from the hills of Appalachia. We're hillbilly. And then redneck refers to uh, generally a rural, poor white person. That would work out in the fields and get a suntan on his neck. Well, that Am I was wrong there? No, I think that was mining. That was actually mining up in, again, the hillbilly section of Pennsylvania where they wore red scarves around their necks. And they were poor miners, so they were called rednecks. Okay. That's a whole thing. But no. generally in this case, hillbilly refers to old country music for our purposes today. And then redneck refers to uh, poor rural white people. Speaking of miners, Elvis, an underage... I'll turn to do a... <laughs> yeah, do, do it. Yeah, transition. No, I'm bad at it. You do it. Alright, well, uh, what do we got here? So, okay, yeah, so uh, age 12, um, Elvis likes this guy, Mississippi Slim, right? Phony story, Mississippi Slim's little brother is in Elvis's class. Small world. He's like, you like, that? my brother's that guy. That's He's like, my brother. No, dude. So they start hanging out at the radio station and like, like, hey, uh, this guy likes you. And they start buddying around. Shut the front door. <laughs> so Slim would teach Elvis guitar chords, too. He's like, oh, your uncle suck. We taught your uncle. That's how you play it like this, right? So Elvis um, is scheduled to play live on air. Mississippi is like, I guess you call him Slim. Slim is like, pretty good, man. You want to play on air? Elvis is like, okay, I'll do it. All right. And so he schedules him up. And he goes, and you're on. And Elvis chicken out. He's like, Abort. And so that, and then the very next week, though. Clement Street. Timothy <laughs> Toe. You haven't met a girl named Maria? Uh, it's a very lovely song. So the next week, though, the very next week, he's like, I got it. I got it. And he comes through and he nails it. And so November uh, 1948, uh, the Presleys moved to Memphis. They're like, all right. Tupelo sucks. We're going to Memphis. <laughs> they live in. Still today. <laughs> These are two places I've never been, so I'm trusting your traveling no, worldly travels. Fine. Uh, they're fine. But no, back then they weren't doing so well, and so they're like, all right, let's they move into public housing at the Lauderdale Courts in Memphis, Tennessee. Elvis attends L.C. Humes High School in Memphis. He receives a C in music. Uh, his teacher said that he had no aptitude for singing. 
Noel aptitude for singing. This guy's Elvis Presley. He's not well received. Right. Ain't the Simon Cowell of his day, I see. The I next guess. day, he brings his guitar into class, and he sings for her then. He's like, all right, that was just me singing. You should hear me with a guitar, though. It's way better. And uh, the teacher agrees that she did not appreciate uh, that kind of singing. Like, you know. Nope. Nope, nope. That rock and roll <laughs> don't like it. Still not my thing. Junior year, Elvis grows out his sideburns, gets a weird idea to put rose oil and Vaseline in his hair. Slicks up the do a little bit. Well, that wasn't a weird idea. It happened back then. People did that. Uh, he was noted as being odd for doing that. Really? Oh, maybe he started it then. Maybe. But senior year. Hey, hey you see the thing the kids are doing now? I, I don't know. I don't know. You, this is odd. This is what how doing? shit gets started. Oh, God. So Elvis was doing Vaseline as hair. Rose oil. And, and we all can picture that in our, our head. The, Elvis Presley, the, 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 greased, this, the yep. big greased head. Yep. Now girls are gluing their lip. Oh, the upper lip thing, yeah. The upper like, lip uh, thing. I so they, they all look. They all look like the duck lip. Nah, thing. it's not even duck face. No, it's, well, it's just like pouty, pouty or something. And 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 I've seen the girls that do it. It it's like the Khloe Kardashian look or something. I don't know. Wait, they're actually walking around doing this. You just seen them on the internet. The internet. Oh, okay. That's where I see all women. Okay. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> hey. I, I see my daughter and my oh. wife, and that's about it. Let's see on the no, internet. Oh, you got here. <laughs> Mind in the gutter, Brian. No. What? No, my my internet's the window to my room. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, you talk about it. Speaking of sad <laughs> things, let's talk about senior year. <laughs> Was that sad for you? A little bit. There you go. A little bit. Not for Elvis, though. Elvis starts wearing flashy clothes. And so he's getting a little bit out of his shell. And he's a little shy. I don't know if you picked up on that. He's a little shy. Elvis was a little shy? A little bit, yeah. All right, well, every kids are shy. April 1953, Elvis competes at the Hume's Annual Minstrel Show. He sings and plays guitar. Um, Elvis couldn't read music. I don't know if you knew that. He couldn't read Minstrel music. Minstrel in the gallery. Death Row Soul reference. <laughs> oh, nice. I was surprised you didn't pick up on ELO back then. I was going to say something anyway. All right, uh... Elvis does really well at, this, at the competition, but it, like he doesn't read or, or write music. He plays by ear, right? And so he loved going to record stores and just sitting like the old days. They had headphones where you just plugged in and you just sit there and listen to music. Mm-hmm. Elvis would go and sit and do that all the time. And yeah. that's how he'd learn Those all the songs. Big, he learned huge, all the greats. Huge beige headphones that oh, yeah. like clamped onto your head with oh. like two big wires going across. <laughs> the, the microphone jack was like the size of a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Pop that baby in there. Quarter-inch plugs on there. Some spring, like yeah, it's like an automotive spring holding two speakers on yeah, your head. Yeah, guy looked like he was talking to an astronaut. <laughs> Except he didn't say Tremont. August 1953, Elvis is trying to make a record for his mother. He's That's like, nice I'm of that boy. Some some songs to my mom. So he goes down to the Sun Records recording studio right there in Memphis, and he can record a two-song single on a acetate disc. Acetate disc. That's eh, like a 45. Yeah, it's a little more expensive actually because he could have gone to a cheaper studio. Uh, in Memphis, but he's like, I'm going to get quality records now. So, so this is one where you could just make a record, make a recording. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go get, you know. That's fun. So he records My Happiness, and uh, That's When Your Heart Aches begins. And that, they don't really have those things anymore. I, you don't need it. They have, you could do it on your cell phone or an iPad or a computer or a freaking refrigerator magnet. I mean, anything you now has Wi-Fi and recording capability. Yeah. Huh? So. And we don't, uh, yeah, I'm not singing for my mother. No. That's how much Elvis loved his mother. He liked his mama. Liked his mom. Uh, after he recorded. Didn't they sleep in the same bed together until he was real old? I don't know. I feel like it was a little older than it should have been, but that's because they were sort of economically challenged and they probably weren't enough beds. Let's go with that. <laughs> what? Uh, after the recording, son boss, Sam Phillips, asks uh, the receptionist, she goes, get that kid's name other time. Just in just, case. Just in case. Straight down. January 1954, Elvis cuts a second record at Sun. Um, it was not well received. <laughs> He's not a recording artist. <laughs> no, well, they just brought him in. They're like, try this song. See if that's better for you. And he's like, I don't like this at all. And uh, uh, he failed an audition for the local quartet. The song fellows were like, uh, quote, told me I couldn't sing. Uh, see, here's the thing. <laughs> His, 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 I mean, thinking about it, like, looking back at it. Uh-huh. Did this, too. He didn't sing well. I mean, no. it was the whole package. He had a style. Right. And he came in 
at a time that TV was just starting, the radio was really rocking and rolling. Right. And it was more than just a noise. It was a visual. It was everything all together. And it was something different. So, but he couldn't sing is what you're saying? He sung, he could sing good enough. <laughs> I mean, the inflection was a big part of his his sound, his, his style. And then once he started getting on TV, I mean, let's, okay, I'm getting ahead here. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go that's ahead. the thing, though. These guys, the, uh, the song fellows were like, you can't, the guy has no idea how to harmonize. He wasn't a classically trained singer. No, he no. didn't know how to sing. No. April 1954, Elvis starts driving truck for Crown Electric Company. Um, he had a tryout with the Eddie Bond uh, as a singer, like a 50s hillbilly singer back in the day. And Eddie Bond said, quote, stick to truck driving because you're never going to make it as a singer. Oh, okay. Good job, Eddie. <laughs> Who? What? <laughs> Eddie, Eddie Bond, American singer-songwriter, guitarist. July 5th, 1954. In a late-night recording session at Sun Records, Elvis starts playing Arthur Crudup's That's All Right. That's all right. That's all right, mama. That's all right. But he starts playing it all fast like that, right? And he starts acting like a fool, they said. They're like, oh, look at him. He's goofing around. Then the bass player jumps up. And he's like, all right. He starts playing it, acting like a fool, too. And then the next thing you know, they're all up, all jamming, just rocking it out. Just, That's all right. I'm going to watch Ocean's Eleven later. You should. Sam, uh, in the booth, sticks his head out, and he goes, what are you doing? And the guys are like, we don't, we don't really know. Sam's like, well, back it up and try and find a place to start and do it again. That was awesome. So they found that sound that, that they were looking for. <laughs> Jeez, Doc. If I can't make a so we're Marty McFly reference, it's not a show. So your idea, Brian, about <laughs> yes. one of our early le- le- recent episodes, did you talk about remaking Back to the Future? Yes, I did. <laughs> that's, a, that's brilliant. <laughs> that is Brilliant on so many levels. Uh, you want the Elvis remake of Back to the Future? All the all the actors are still around. Yeah, we could do it. I mean, nobody's nobody blew up and got Michael J. Fox, but we can get him in the studio. Christopher Lloyd? You're not gonna get him. He's too pricey. Christopher, he's he's got to be old. <laughs> Doc old. Brown might be Doc dead. No, he's not dead. But I'm saying. And then uh, what's the uh, what's the crazy dude? Um, the the dad on the Biff Tannen? Oh, no. Uh, Oh, we just had this conversation. Yeah, today. let's get that guy in. The studio. guy from the rat movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's. I, I think Back to the Future remake. It just all you got to do is do the exact same movie. <laughs> just reshoot it. Sprinkle, shot for shot. sprinkle some actors in there to where we got a few callbacks. Just, just do it again. I don't mean to be that guy, but I don't know about Michael J. Fox on a hoverboard. <laughs> You're that guy. I'm just saying. Maybe he could be the hoverboard sales rep or something. Like, back in my day, this is the one I used to ride all the time. You know, whatever. I guess. I don't, don't hey, know. Michael J. Fox. I, I, go Michael J. Fox. Go Michael J. I love Michael J. Fox. Yeah. I like that dude. That dude's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, another dude who's awesome is DJ Dewey Phillips. He played That's All Right repeatedly on his radio show after hearing their version of That's All Right. Yeah. He just put it on loop for like two hours, or the last two hours of his radio show for like a week. Did he really? Yep. And then they interviewed Elvis on air, and the audience loved him. They're just like, oh, my gosh. Actually, uh, people were calling the studio, and they kept asking what high school they went to. Now, why do you suspect they asked that? What high school who went to? What? Elvis went to. They're like, hey, this Elvis kid, he's great, man. What high school did you go to? What school did you go to? Did they think he was a real young guy? or? Well, he was a senior in high school at this point. They all wanted to try to sign him? No, these were girls calling and fans calling. Oh, they wanted to bone him? They wanted to know if he was black or white. Oh! Elvis is the guy who sort of jumps the gap back then with the racial thing. Because yeah, black yeah. music was black music and white music was white music. And the two did not cross. And he took, lost the he, barrier. He took black music and made it popular to white people. Yep. I don't think he did it on like, purpose. Like, no, not. A, I mean, I no. just think he liked music. And he's like, this is the music I sound good doing because everyone says I suck singing their music. So, do yeah, it my he way. wasn't doing acapella. He's he was the Eminem of his day. Yeah, I didn't want to say that. All right, well, that's I, fine. but it is. That's You're cool. right. Because right now this card says I'm gonna put it in high gear here because we're talking about Elvis, and so literally every day of his life has been documented and researched because it's friggin' Elvis, dude. It's Elvis, and I mean there are. 
Elvis fests and chat groups in like organizations that have been around for decades upon decades doing yeah, and they even have a plural Elvis. There's a there's there's a plural name for Elvis. What's this now? When you have a bunch of different people dressed up as Elvis oh, in the, the same El- room together. Is it Elvi? It's Elvi. There's a there's a group Elvi. There's a uh oh there there's a whole room of Elvi in there. Yeah, no Check it, it out. used to be before uh there were no Elvis impersonators. There's like a couple in Vegas, and then shortly after his popularity, there's like 250,000 worldwide or something oh, like that. Oh, I knew one. So I knew one. I actually knew. I yeah. went to an Elvis fest with some people. Yeah, no, yeah. I knew a dude. He worked at uh, the um, place I used to work at when back in the day. And he's just a dude. Just a dude. Oh, that dude I told you that showed me how to wash a circuit board and how to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pro- yeah. That guy's name is Lee. And he was probably. Pres Lee. Maybe about the been Elvis. <laughs> kinda, he kind of honestly looked Don't, like no Elvis. No spoilers. We'll get there. So he was probably about the same age, a little bit younger than Elvis would have been, maybe. Yeah, probably a little younger. And uh, still an older guy than me, a lot older than sure, me. Sure, sure. But he he had like gray, like whitish gray hair. And one day he came in, jet black motherfucking hair. Oh. Just like jet black oh. hair. In really? a big pomp. I mean, he had it all like done up. Yep. And 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 that big of a startling change for a middle to later age dude really <laughs> everybody took everybody took note of it like what the hell are you doing so everybody kind of started judging him thinking midlife late life crisis late life crisis what stepping why out, are reinvent you doing yourself? this yep. and he was real hesitant to actually say why he did it because he was an Elvis impersonator oh he didn't want to tell people he didn't want. People then, when they found that out, were like really relieved that this dude didn't lose his shit. Like, okay, oh, okay. that makes a that, lot of sense. That is fine. Good, good for you, man. <laughs> you, Why do you have a sparkly you vest? You do you. <laughs> What's with the jumpsuit? No, so it was ex- more acceptable to be an Elvis impersonator <laughs> than it was to have a midlife crisis. <laughs> it's like when Mr. Gilmore joined the Bar- Barbershop Quartet. If you get that reference, shoot me a message. Uh, Rory knows. Anyway, um, yeah. Radio for one. <laughs> Somebody knows. Anyway, uh, yeah. So this dude, it's Elvis. I mean, I'm just going to sort of skip here. I'm not going to get every single detail. So I'm just going to kind of hit some highlights because we're kind of more concentrated on, like, I don't know, the crime crap. and law enforcement and music and things like that. So, uh, DJ Dewey Phillips puts him on radio. People love him. He starts playing clubs more. Honky Tonks. October 2nd, 1954, he plays the Grand Old Opry mm. in the Ryman Auditorium. He was not well received. Are you serious? Opry manager said, not bad, but didn't really suit the program. He, he, he's right. <laughs> that's right. No, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Elvis was not exactly Opry style. No, because that was country and he's singing blues. Right. He's well, singing rock. Luckily, November 1954, Elvis plays on Louisiana Hayride. That is the Opry's main competition. It's like an alternative show that's sort of like a little bit more hip. Yeah, and not playing the classic stuff, right? So they loved him. They signed him to a year's worth of Saturday night appearances. They're like, dude, lock him down. So his first TV appearance was on televised version of Louisiana Hayride. All right, good for Elvis. Early 1955, Elvis was a star from Tennessee to West Texas. <laughs> wow, we're covering a big geographic area there. It's <laughs> a lot of people. Uh, Not in West Texas, it ain't. You get, uh, so Louisiana, everybody knows your name. Is that? Uh, he caught the attention of manager Colonel Tom Parker. He was his manager for a long time, wasn't he? He was, and he may or may not be a murderer. He said he was from South Dakota, but he's actually Dutch. And uh, he signed Elvis to a formal management contract. You yeah. Know, we, we may talk about Colonel Tom Parker in later episodes. Yeah. No, I remember that. I, I, I would never – I remembered a bit of the Elvis story had this guy's name associated with Colonel it. Tom. It was hard for Elvis's music to get airplay because, like we were talking about, he's too hillbilly for R&B stations, the rhythm and blues, and he's too rhythm and blues for country. It's like we don't know where to put this guy. So Elvis played a blend – we better that we pretty much call rockabilly an entire new genre of music for well, this guy, and we're gonna open up new radio stations, have a whole entire new category in the record store, and let's make like billions of dollars while we're at it. Okay, let's do that. That's a great lead-in because right now, um, 
it's only part one, but we're halfway through part one. So we're going to take a little break right here real quick. And when we come back, we're going to get into how Elvis created rock and roll. With that, check out my new rock and roll song. some type of payment <laughs> uh no i'm good 150 dollars ryan <laughs> see our last episode see no, it, or go to ihop no. actually waffle house waffle house waffle house well may 23rd 1956 there was no waffle house so what's elvis to do but release his debut album i wonder if there was a waffle house i'm serious oh 1956 maybe not maybe one not maybe a billion one. but there's a billion album oh they weren't a billion but Elvis, uh, as a lot of albums sold, it becomes number one rock and roll album. It topped the Billboard charts, held it for ten weeks. Uh, that record was not going to be beat until nineteen like sixty two. What? It was just an album. Uh, yeah, the Elvis Presley album. That's what it was called. The Elvis Presley album. Yeah, buy it at stores that sell music. Hey, did I tell you that we put the uh, we put an al- a record player in the wood shop? feel like you did, yes. Yeah, we got a record player going to the wood shop. Nice. Oh, well, we got, we had, at first, the only one we had was a Star Wars symphony oh album. It was like the soundtrack from the original sure. Star Wars sure. trilogy. The best of John Williams. And and now we have a, this small stack like this. It's Neil Diamond. Nice. It's it's not that nice. The band. The, when the, 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 the band. The no, not the band. Um, they're coming to Brett. America. The, the the music group Bread. You ever heard of Bread? Absolutely. They're coming to America today. And they're floating on the plane today. They're coming to America. Yeah, right. that's a great one. Then we had some other like Bread, um, huh? Bread. Uh, Bread's got a pretty sweet guitar player, as I recall. I don't. I've heard. Of, I maybe there's one song. There we have a few albums. We're gonna look for some more. I'm gonna go with Jelly Bean. I got records. a sweet record collection over here, but I don't have a record player. My record player. Can broke. I take them all home? No. Are you I gonna bring them back? Can I take one? Yeah, you can definitely take one. All right. All right. Got something to look forward to. Speaking of something to look forward to, Elvis starts playing on TV. The people can see the pelvis. Elvis the pelvis. He was on the Milton Berle show. Oh, is it the Milton Berle? Yep. Okay. He was on the Steve Allen show. And he was on. The Ed Sullivan Show, a really big show, really big show, really big. Yeah, Ed Sullivan was uh, definitely a big one. Right. Now, Ed made sure to only shoot Elvis from the waist up. Yeah, that was a thing. Everybody Why is that, Ben? Because it was too sexual from the waist down. But what was sexual? Those pelvic thrusts. Oh, he would do pelvic thrusts and hip rotations. So, uh, Ed watched clips of uh, Burrow and Allen's performance, Elvis's, when yeah. he was on those two shows, right? And Ed said, quote, he got some kind of device hanging down below his crotch and his pants. So when he moves his legs back and forth, you can see it like an outline of a cock. Ed Sullivan said cock? Yes. Oh, uh, I, I think it's a I think it's a Coke bottle. We can't have that on Sunday night. It was a family show. Well, 
yeah, I get it. Though that performance was seen by 60 million viewers, a record 82% of TV households uh, were watching. Wow. And so, yeah, basically everybody saw Elvis. They shot from head to toe, but they were using clever, like, close-ups of, uh, like, the cuffs of his pants and his shoes. Like, oh, look at his footwork. And then, oh, there's his face, you know. They never got into the crotchal area, They did not do the gyrations. Which he is an odd word to try and He spell. did. I mean, even up until the last days of Elvis playing at the Flamingo, <laughs> he had a lot of pelvic thrusts. Got some hip movement, boy. You know, it's like, woo, woo, woo. Yeah, throwing it. Yeah, throw some hip. Throwing some hip. Uh, May 16th, 1956, FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover received a letter saying, Elvis is a definite danger to the security of the United States because he's driven boys and girls mad. Seriously? Yes. All right. I'm like a security council guy. Uh, Actions and motions were such to arouse the sexual passions of teenage youth. And this is all to a dude that dressed up in his mother's clothing. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I'm reading this wearing a skirt. I'm wearing a muumuu right now, but whatever. This Elvis should be stopped. November 1956, Elvis was headed home from Memphis for a four-day tour of Texas. Or from a four-day tour of Texas, right? Okay. He's like, I'm headed there. He's driving. He's driving himself? Yeah. He's just driving. It's 56. He's not, I mean, he's huge. He's not huge, huge yet. Oh. So, well, we'll get there. He's driving along, right? He smells gas. He's like, oh, I pulled over into a service station. He's checking for leaks. He's like, I don't know if I had an exhaust leak or fuel line leak, something like that, right? He gets checked out. No leaks. He's good. Elvis starts the car. He's about ready to take off, right? He's like, all right, I'm back on the road. Uh, but by that time, a crowd of young girls had spotted him and flocked over. And so they surrounded the car. So Elvis turns off the car and starts signing autographs, right? Hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, if, you're not bi- if you haven't been big for a while, it'd probably get your jollies off a oh, little dude, bit. Yeah, yeah, you know me? Well, we are between Tennessee and Texas, so hey. <laughs> uh, but uh, the problem is there's cars backed up, right? It's like. Nobody else can get gas at the service station. And so the owner asked Elvis to move. He's like, might want to go park over there at the Waffle House. He's like, hey, mind moving the car? Elvis said, quote, I'm fixing to move, unquote. But he didn't, right? Because service station owner Ed Hopper. Dick. Yep. Said uh, he pushed Elvis back into his car. He's like, get back in your car. And that's when Elvis just snapped and went after Hopper. And he's like, fuck you, Ed. Fuck you, Hopper. And so uh, Ed landed a, or Elvis landed a stiff punch on Ed's jaw, and he cuts him in the left eye, leaving a half-inch gash. Ooh, Elvis, he, he, he go fisticuffs right away, huh? Hopper hits Elvis in the back of the head. <laughs> and uh, five significant strikes were landed before two Memphis patrolmen could show up and break it up. They're like, whoa, fellas, what's going on? They must have been right there on the scene then, well, waiting in line for an autograph, probably. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I stole my joke. Uh, the men were arrested on identical charges. Everybody posted the $52 bail. Ooh. And then the next day, they showed up at court. Um, along with them were 207 women uh, who just showed up to see Elvis in court. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. Quotes overheard were, where's our darling Elvis? Uh, if he gets a fine, I'll pay it. I bet you will, honey. <laughs> 150 bucks right here. Hopper got a $25 fine. Elvis had all charges dismissed. Because he's Elvis. He's Elvis. Find me. Yeah. November 1956, Elvis gets into a scrap with a jealous husband who challenged him to a fight. Was he banging the guy's wife, or did she just like his music? She just liked it. Yeah, she just liked his music. That, no, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. like, oh, Elvis. Oh, look at Elvis again. Oh, there he goes, Elvis. Look, man, just shut up, all right? Gee, fine. You like Elvis so much? I'm going to show you Elvis. I'm, I'm beating him up. Right. So, punches are thrown, but no serious injuries. Elvis, you know, he could, he's a pretty decent-sized kid, like 6'2", like 220. And, and at this time, he was a young dude. I mean, oh, he yeah, wasn't yeah. the big, fat Elvis that everybody thinks no, about. No, he's no, like no. the young baby Jesus. They actually compare him to, like, a cruiserweight boxer of the time. They're like, he's yeah. pretty... Kind of bad, a big jaw. Yep, big pretty, pretty big dude. So, March 1957, Memphis, Tennessee. Elvis uh, pulled the pistol on a Marine during a scrap over a girl. They were fighting over a girl? Yep. Like this, well, again, some girl, like, oh, yeah, it's Elvis. Yeah. So this is some dude's girlfriend, and sees so Elvis, <laughs> yeah. and he starts fawning, and he's mad about it. Yep. So he goes over there and starts fucking with Elvis, and Elvis is like, okay, it's a Marine. So he pulls the, pulls the pistol on him, pistola. But the pistol ended up being a Hollywood pop gun. So he's like, hey, yeah. it's not. Don't, dude, it's, it's not a real gun. Don't pull it out. Elvis wrote a letter of apology to the Marine, and he's like, 
do that. <laughs> oh, my God. <coughs> Elvis, first three singles, Too Much, All Shook Up, and Let Me Be. All Shook Up. Your teddy bear. All went to number one. Goes around this time. Elvis gets into, like, making movies. He's like, dude, nailed it on the song. Is this, like, in, like I'm gonna in do the, the late movies. 50s? Late 1957. So he's he's doing movies. He did a lot of movies, and they were pretty bad. They were not the best. <laughs> but they had Elvis in them, and he's, he would sing a lot in them. Basically, like they're, they're music videos with acting in between. <laughs> he would, all of a sudden, like, in a scene. I remember this as a kid. My dad had watched it. He still watches some of these old black and white Elvis movies. And all of a sudden, a, a guitar would appear. And <laughs> they're in the middle of, like, the oh. desert or on a cowboy ranch or on an island or whatever. I feel a song coming And the on. next thing you know, it would just, like, Elvis is there talking to a group of kids. And they'd, like, pan over to the group of kids. And they you didn't see Elvis in the shot. And then you'd look at over, and there's a guitar now in his lap. He didn't get up. He didn't move. <laughs> this guitar just, like. Wait, wait, it came appeared. in from Star Trek. Just wah, 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 yep. I got a guitar. And I have a guitar. But nobody cared. He, he was played some songs. He'd walk around. See, some that, of them were lip synced. That's that douchey kid from high school in the lunchroom again. <laughs> and everybody would be like, he'd walk around a car and girls would be on the car and the big uh, Bobby, what were the dresses called? That big like poodle on them and shit. Poodle skirts. Poodle. With the Bobby okay. Soxers. Poodle skirts. I'm watching Ocean's Eleven over here. All right. Well, Blue Hawaii. What, dude? Elvis is not a douche. Sounds like he's a little douchey. Well, by today's standards, but you got to judge him by his peers of the day. Okay. Yeah. He keeps fighting people because Mr. Steal Your Girl. <laughs> he, well, dude, it, it doesn't, none of these so far. So I like <laughs> Elvis. I'm, I'm, I'm pro Elvis. I see. I'm pro. I'm going. I'm, I'm right. going to stick to that. All, right, all right. You're all not going to talk me out of being pro Elvis. Well, Wrap up part one. We'll see about part two. Speaking of which, uh, between film shoots, between parts one and two, and um, recording sessions, Elvis bought himself an 18-room mansion down in Memphis, right downtown, calls it Graceland. Graceland. Yeah. Graceland. Oh, I'm going to Graceland. Did he? Yeah, that was Graceland, his first Memphis, one. Tennessee. I'm going to Graceland. That's a little Paul Simon for you. March 24th, 1958. At the height of his popularity, Elvis gets... Pregnant. Drafted into the army. Oh, I think I've heard that. Yeah, man. He okay. uh, was drafted into the army. Explain that to people real quick while I take a drink of my October 7th. Oh, yeah. So drafted in the United States. If the gov- the, the our, our government passed a law, before it was all a volunteer army, but during certain wars, we needed more. And so they, they basically said, you are going to be in war now. You're, You're in the, the army, army now. They had quotas they had to make. They had numbers they had to have so many enlisted servicemen and women. Mo- no, just men, actually. Pretty much men were drafted. I don't think no, women were. Yeah, I, I don't know if women have ever been drafted. And still to this day, when you turn 18, yeah, 18? You got to fill, fill out a draft card. Yep. And if it, it's ever needed, you don't get a choice. Or you go to jail. <laughs> or you go to Canada. <laughs> hang out with Jim Carrey <laughs> and Neil, uh, or uh, who was it? Ricky. <laughs> Rick, Rick James. Rick Ricky James. James. Was it Ricky, Ricky James Stevens or whatever? Ricky James Williams? Yeah. So, I mean, drafted James is just David basically Cosby. going, hey, we're doing some war, and you need to be a part of it. I see. Come on. Follow me. So, Elvis is drafted into the U.S. Army. Uh, he goes to basic training at Fort Hood in Texas. He joins the 3rd Armored Division in Friedberg, Germany. Armored Division. So, he got to ride around in tanks? Pretty much. Elvis. They, are, they call it Armored Division or the Cavalry Division? That. It was listed as Third Armored Division, so I'm sure there might be a cavalry within as a subdivision of that division. Okay, you know what I'm saying? A lot of, lot of. Okay, I, I don't know. I'm not gonna pretend to know a lot about the army. Dog, go away now. Oh, you got it. All right, as long as you got it. Video dog, Gracie. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, Elvis learned a lot about amphetamines from a sergeant in the army. Um. Just to give everybody a thing, <laughs> amphetamines in the army, amphetamines were kind of built. Invented by the army. They were well, they weren't invented by them, but they were used by the army, big time, and not our army. Oh, lots of armies. Lots of different armies. Lots, lots of, of different, different military people were like, "Hey, take this little pink pill. Oh, here's a pack of them." They came. They gave them to the soldiers like um, 
like lifesaver little package. It looked like a bunch of uh, Go pills. Nello Nello wafers. <laughs> yep. And they would say, like, take these. I mean, that's a big part of how Blitzkrieg took place. Here, line up for your amphetamines. It's ancient, man. Like, the old Vikings would take magic mushrooms to get all psyched up to go raiding and pillaging and stuff like that. So yeah, that's yeah. what berserkers were. They'd get all freaky on these mushrooms and send these people off <laughs> with axes, like, get them. Now we okay. just have mosh pits. Now it's, it's just a, a mosh pit. Yep. Uh, horses back in, you know... People in wartime have go pills in, in the military that Gulf. just pep pills. They're like, oh, okay, those are methamphetamines. No, let's break that down a little bit. That's meth, okay? Just like you're thinking, like meth heads, that's what they're doing. <laughs> but it's, but it's okay. It's, it's prescribed by a doctor, so it's okay. It's good. Good, good. That's what Elvis said. So uh, Elvis said, quote, they're great for energy, strength, weight loss. Love them. Yeah. I don't need to sleep. I got this. Elvis also learned karate in the army. <laughs> He learned from a German black belt named, like, Schungerden. Karate, jiu-jitsu, uh, tai chi. It's all good. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I only not that there's anything wrong with that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I only say that to make fun of my friend Brian, who's big time into the wrestling other naked men. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> there was an extortion attempt. How's that? And all this? Yes. While Elvis uh, was in Germany, he was going to get some skin treatments. Right? Skin <laughs> treatments. <laughs> it's right. Was this an Asian spa in Germany? Well, uh, he was what going to get... part of his skin? His foreskin? His face and his shoulders, you perv. <laughs> Jeez. He hired this guy, Grissel Landau. A dude? Yep. Right. He's a proposed a doctor, supposedly. And uh, he's allegedly admitted to Elvis that he was bisexual. Okay. So uh, it's 1959. Uh, Elvis discontinues his skin treatments with Landau. And uh, Landau took the news badly and tried to extort money from Elvis and ruin his career. By doing what? Well, like saying gay stuff about him? That's kind of it. Yeah, we'll get there in a sec. But uh, this case was then turned over to the FBI. Hoover? Yes. Who didn't like Elvis already? Not really, no. And so uh, according to the FBI... Elvis was technically the victim of blackmail. Lando threatened to expose Elvis through photographs and recording, which uh, would prevent Elvis in compromising positions. His name was Lando? Well, his name was, yeah, something Landau. Landau. Not Lando Calrissian. Mark Landau. Grissel Landau. That's where I'm at, is Landau. Okay, Landau. You can imagine Mark Landau if you want to. Extorting Elvis. I don't need to (laughs) imagine anybody in this story. The investigation revealed that Landau was not a doctor. He was German. They're all engineers. I think he was actually South African. He's been here in Britain. Um, oh. Elvis didn't take Landau to court, though. The army didn't want to draw that kind of publicity or paint Elvis in a negative light. So Not that there's anything wrong with that. So um, I was up north. Sidebar. <laughs> sidebar. I need to get a button for sidebar. I was up. I was up north. Um, and we're all we're sitting at. We're at this little tiny, little tiny. Um, uh, hard cider place, tandem cider, one of the best cider places. I mean, some of the best hard cider you've ever had. It's amazing. I like Dickens cider. That's one of my uh, favorite ciders. Uh, uh, my only cider joke. What do you want? It yeah, that's a riff. That's an old Drew and Mike joke. There you go. Yeah. So, anyways, um, we're up there, and we it's kind of place where it's like an old farmhouse. You go in, you order some drinks, and we go back out on the in the garden, and we're drinking them at a picnic table, and there's other people around. And you, you kind of get to know the other strangers a little bit. I mean, you're out in the country, and you're just – it's just a nice day. Kids are out screwing around doing some crap. We like to talk to strangers, though. Like, that's our social scene, though. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Get, you get somewhere with your friends. It's like, hey, I know you, and then we all break up I'll and talk, talk to, to a stranger. Random. So we yeah. start talking to this lady, and she has a very heavy accent. And, and she was very proud of her accent. And she goes, would you like to guess where I'm from? No. I go, well, <laughs> I, I, I told her this right away. And she says, um, would you like to guess where my accent's from? And I said, well, since I know it sounds English, I'm not going to guess that. But I'm going to guess Australian or um, New Zealand. Or New Zealand. And she just was like, no, but it is in that hemisphere. Oh, South South, And I just go, like, by the time she got done saying, I go, South Africa. And, And I think she was not used to an American. 
uh, guessing that people in quote unquote Africa had an English, like sort of a King's English accent. Yeah, like an English Dutch. No, thing. yeah. No, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen like Die Hard movies and stuff and have English accents. No, or no, not Die Hard. Uh, Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. What, what wasn't some of the people from Lethal Weapon like from South Africa? Some of the bad guys. I'm going to wait behind you in the queue with Hugerans and. I don't know if I have a South African accent. I, it sounds like English. It does, but it's it's all about the e's and the, it's all about the vowels. Yeah. And there's an English com- there's an English comic who does that. He's like, when he's like when he doesn't want to wait in lines, he talks about speaking South African instead. Like it's from South Africa, but he lives in England now. He's like, I'll just break out my uh, South African accent. I'm waiting in line behind you. And everyone's like, oh, you know. Apparently, it's like aggressive. And sounds like somebody wants to steal your lucky charms over there, Brian. <laughs> Oh, these are my lucky charms. <laughs> That's not going to get us a lot of Irish listeners. Why not? I'm sorry. Hey, no, I honestly love it. I would like to hear someone from overseas leave us a speak pipe doing their best Brian and Ben impersonations. In your in your local dialect. No, pretend to be us. I want to oh, hear you, you trying to hear the this, American this, accent. This, this, I don't think I have an accent. I watch the news. They speak just like me. Boom. Been saying that since we were little kids. Anytime you hear people on the news, they sound like we do. So yeah. we don't have an accent. Yeah. I've listened to the news in the South. It don't sound like this down there, y'all. It sounds just like this. Yes. Just like we're talking yes. here. Sorry. So Midwestern. I love a Southern accent. Dialect. We don't have an accent. We have a dialect. All right. All right. I'm by that. All right. Well. And why do people that are like fans and stuff. Like of Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin. All right. When you talk to them or you hear them in an interview, they sound like they have this super thick, rich accent. Hello, mate. Oh, what hell are they? are playing rock and roll. And then they sing, and I swear to God, they sound like me. Yeah. <laughs> no. We're How an you American doing? band. I, I think like they're <laughs> from America, Brian. Those are different. Those are different songs. They're coming to your town. They're gonna help you party down. Wow. That's great. All right. All let's right. get back with El- Elvise. Well, uh, much like the English, how they downplay things, Landau decides to downplay this case, too. He's like, I don't want to take any action against Elvis. Uh, they negotiated down to Elvis pays Landau for his services rendered, $200, and he wants a plane ticket to London. Who? Landau did? just for Michelle, right? She's. I'm sorry, Michelle. I think everybody feels pretty good about that. Landell did not leave. Instead, he called Elvis and demanded an additional $250. <sighs> Which Elvis paid? Well, I, 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 that's what I'm thinking. Here, I'm Elvis. I got Graceland under my belt. Graceland, Graceland. And this dude, I don't need to pay. I shouldn't have to pay. But he's gonna, he's gonna make a problem for me. Just somebody... Because you know all Elvis had to do at that Dude, point would be away. with this. He would, Elvis would have to do this. Somebody pay that guy. <laughs> Boom. Done. Correct. Done. That's all his, <laughs> he's inconvenienced with saying them words. Somebody pay that guy. I love the contempt in your voice, just, though. It's great. <laughs> You're, like, annoyed. Like, dude, just it's like when my kids ask for a treat at <laughs> night. Like, I just, like, go get, go get it. Just clean up after me. It's the freezer. Just go. Just go get it. Just go, man. Lay down here. I have so much more important things to occupy my time with. Like I am playing video games like here. I and now you want ice cream? I'm not stupid. <laughs> Borderlands 3, by the way. Two thumbs up. I'm about to buy Red Dead Redemption 2, I think. I think they got me. Of course, that means I have to get an Xbox Live subscription and all that kind of... Because I can get Red Dead Redemption online. And you and I were going to play... Uh, I'll play Minecraft. Minecraft. Yeah. Okay. Well... Event well, yeah. Wait, twenty eighth is going to be Minecon. Is the Xbox not hooked up? My well, I don't want to play it on my kids' Xbox. I'll play it on my PlayStation. Well, I don't know that we can do that. Not until the twenty eighth. Maybe. Maybe. Well, my insiders know. <laughs> I don't know who you know, but I'm pumped that you know him. The internet. I know the internet. That's cool. The internet's cool. It's a reliable source of information. No fake news there. Yeah, I'm sure you didn't do any of this research on the internet. I did. I made it all up. Books. No, books. I went to the library. Books. I went to the library. I tried, right. to, I tried to say library wrong, and I couldn't do it. Library. Li- library. library. Uh, speaking of which, the day after that, Landau calls from the library. He, dem- 
man's another 2,000 pounds. I so know. this is the third one he's trying to get. <laughs> yeah. He's this like, well, dude, he, keeps, he keeps paying me. So this gonna, dude, yeah, he's going to the well again. I'm going to keep holding the handle. It keeps paying out. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> man, right? So uh, he goes, you know what? Um, because of this, I had to close my medical practice in Johannesburg, South Africa. Oh, you're not a fucking doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now people know that, so I'm holding you responsible for paying me out. Yeah, I'm going to have to shut down my comedy uh, my comic bar, my yeah, I'm not even gonna do that. Can we redo that one? No, nope. take it back. Gotta <laughs> redo my dueling piano bar because I play piano. I can't play piano. It's a beautiful <laughs> bar though. January 6, nineteen sixty, Landau uh, is last seen in Frankfurt, Germany, boarding a British Airways plane headed for London. There has been no contact between Elvis and Landau since then. Hmm. Maybe one day. No, I, I do not think so. No while, spoilers, Brian. While in the Army, Elvis had 10 top 40 hits. Uh, some songs like Wear My Ring Around Your Neck, Hard-Headed Woman, One Night, and number one hit, A Big Ol' Hunk of Love. Big Ol' Hunk of Love. See, okay, now this is cool. Elvis is in the Army. They probably don't have him fighting trench warfare, front line sort of shit. I feel like he was making movies, though. They were probably using him as more of a, the propaganda wing. Marketing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, marketing for the army. Again, we're glossing over some stuff, guys, just to truck through Elvis's sort of life and pick out the highlights of, of for the crime and legal things. Yeah, right. Um, excuse me for my texting, Brian. Go ahead. What are you doing? I, I got to text my kids. Texting your kids? Yes. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, all right. Well, uh, during this time... I will tell you that RCA Records released four albums. Uh, they put old songs in to sort of fill out the records because Elvis wasn't really around because he was in the Army. So it wasn't the greatest hits, but it's like, here's another version of him singing That's All Right. And a couple of old versions of Hound Dog. Yeah, I, I think that's cool. I mean, it, he was singing old songs from other guys. Put them all together. You know, well, basically, they're making money out of singing. So proving yeah. you can get out of a two-year Army stint and still be popular. March 2nd, uh, 1960, Elvis returns to U.S. soil and is honorably discharged from the Army with the rank of Corporal Sergeant. Sergeant. Yep. Took the train from New Jersey to Tennessee. Every stop was a mob scene. Just chicks. And everywhere. And you have to appreciate how much those girls wanted to see Elvis because there wasn't no internet, Twitter, Instagram oh, bullcrap. Oh, no. Yeah, that was social media was out being There social. were people on, like, telephones calling each other in the next city. There, there, there had to be some um, telegraph, telephone, telewoman stuff. Telefriends, yes. Yeah. Elvis is back. And with that, that sort of ends part one. Oh, yeah. There's a two-parter. There's a two-parter, guys. All right. You guys, you guys could tell we weren't going to get the whole Elvis story, and we haven't even really got to the crime part. Honestly, we've got the one of two crimes he actually is convicted of. <laughs> Elvis didn't really break the law a whole bunch. I mean – well, well, we'll get there. Well, now, now this is kind of a topsy turvy sort of one for us because he's uh, he's an anti crime person. Well, we'll we'll get we there. We will get there next time. We are going to cover drugs. We're going to cover warrants. We're going to cover Jerry Lee Lewis's drunken night at Graceland and Elvis's hobby of impersonating law enforcement. And uh, Jimmy, no, El- and Nixon. Did you, you say you warrants? Want? Did you say warrants? I did say warrants. She's Cherry pie, told you she was. She's so fine. Dude, those that was He's back so in the day, like then. And there was only ten years. Oh yeah. There were only ten years that MTV had, had video videos. Tony Katane, baby. Ah, there are some fun videos back then. Do you want to talk about Elvis and Nixon? Do you want to hear that story? Not I can yet. Put that no. In there too. No, I mean for part two. I, I Hell, yeah, motherfucking yeah, I want to hear oh, that part. All right. All right. If you want to hear that part, too, hit us up and let us know. Why not? You know what? I'm going to do it for you anyway. No, we're going to hear that part. Yes. No. Not now. No, not now. Now, this is the end of part one. Yeah. You have to wait two weeks. We're going to do part two. And then uh, you'll hear the other story about when you saw this Nixon. He brings him a <laughs> He makes a peg. Uh, can you beep out that word? I can. That'll be the best. And now no one will know idea that I said. I don't want See, I can't help that. I can't help that. All right. Elvis. Everybody better tune
tune in for the next one. Part two is coming to you in two weeks. For more that. achieve the American dream, the big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.